True humility is staying teachable regardless of how much you already know. My name is Andrea and this is Adult Child. Welcome back to Adult Child, where we take a deep dive into the impact of growing up in a dysfunctional family. Hello, dear shit shows. If I sound different, well, that is because uh, I'm on my phone and I just had a very frustrating past two hours. Okay, I, I just need to vent really quickly because um, I'm feeling a little agitated and uh, we know we, we don't need to be bringing that shit into the episode, right? So my microphone's not working or my computer is not recognizing it. And so I spent an hour and a half trying to fix it when really I should have stopped after 20 minutes, you know, threw in the towel after an hour and a half. Well, then I proceeded for the next half an hour to figure out what was going to sound best. So do I just use the microphone on my computer? Do I use my phone microphone? Do I use my AirPods microphone? And then I proceeded to go into a million different locations to see what sounds best, okay? So we're in a closet and uh, and, and we're doing just straight voice to, uh, <laughs> to, to voice memo, N- no AirPods, okay? <sighs> God, I feel like I just... I'll, I'll do this shit all the time. I will just spin my wheels on something and it's not necessary. And then I just get so frustrated with myself that I kind of just wasted my time. It's, it's kind of fitting to what we're talking about today. So today we're diving into steps five, six, and seven uh, from an adult child perspective. These are some rather crucial steps and I probably say that about all the step episodes. Um, if you have not listened to the other step episodes, so I've done an episode on one, two, three, and four, uh, I will include them in the show notes. You might want to go listen to those before you listen to this one. But there's a lot going on here in five, six, and seven. There is a lot of growth going on here. So we got a bunch to dive into. And a reminder, I'm not uh, affiliated with the ACA program officially. Uh, I do not speak on behalf of them. I'm just a shit show with a podcast. And everything coming out of this mouth is my opinion and my experience. And so you're just getting me today. And here's the deal. Doing solo episodes is not a very (laughs) pleasant experience for me. Uh, This is where a lot of character defects pop up, how appropriate, you know, we will be talking about character defects in the steps discussion, but this is where some shit pops up. So perfectionism. Okay. So I, I don't consider myself to be a perfectionist. I did not get that trait that a lot of other adult children have. Uh, I I wish I had in some respects, but um, where perfectionism comes up for me is in this podcast, but more so um, in these solo episodes. I feel like these have to be absolutely perfect because if they're not absolutely perfect, I'm convinced 
that um, you'll all hate the episode and decide that you'll never listen to me ever again. Obviously, very, very rational thinking. And so I will procrastinate actually recording the episode and I will read a million different books on whatever the topic is. I will listen to podcasts about it. I will um, watch YouTube videos about it and, and I'll be taking notes the whole time doing this, but then I won't take the notes all in the same place. So then, you know, I'll have some notes that are on my phone app. Then I'll have some notes in a Word document on my computer. I might have several Word documents on my computer. I might even have some notes in an email. So then it's like the final hour and uh, it's time to record this shit. Then I spend like a ridiculous amount of time. Where are all my notes? Where do they go? Putting them all together, putting them in order. Um, God, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's a little painful. <laughs> and, uh, and then, uh, then I record it and then I listen to it and then I want to re-record it, right? I want to re-record it. So actually what I'm doing right now, right here, right now, I am not allowing myself to re-record re, uh, re this, this, um, this first part. I told myself, I don't care how many ums and likes you say or you flub your words or whatever. <laughs> you're just going um, to do a, a one-take shot on this, this intro part here. I'm, I'm not committing yet <laughs> to, to, the, to the meat of the episode, but maybe, maybe I will. Um, so it's so interesting to me though, because I, I love public speaking. I think I thrive. You can throw me in front of a room of, I don't know, a thousand people, however many people you want. And, um, I won't stumble on my words. Uh, I'll, I'm, I'll be very clear communicator. I, I think that I do my best work on the fly in front of a bunch of people. I think that's where my best material is. I think that's where my best jokes come out. But for some reason, guys, when I'm sitting here right now, I'm sitting in a closet on the floor by myself talking to my phone. I overanalyze. I overthink. I flub my words. It's like, very interesting. And so I think it's almost like I need this audience piece. Um, I don't know if it's, I need to uh, feed off the energy of the crowd, or perhaps you don't really have the room or space to overthink things and overanalyze things when you're just in front of a, a crowd of people. It's interesting. I just feel very much more in the present moment uh, when I'm speaking in front of a group, like a group of people, whereas when I'm speaking to myself in a closet, <laughs> I'm like somehow not just present and I'm overthinking this shit. So it's interesting, right? This is interesting. Uh, more will be revealed, right? More will be revealed, but this is where shit comes up. You know, the fear of, um, of, of being abandoned and rejected. If my my episode isn't perfect, the perfectionism, the the procrastination, the overthinking, the overanalyzing. So clearly there is um, some, some value here in doing these solo episodes. There's clearly some work that needs to be done in this arena. And here's the thing too with these, it's like I think I need to say every single thing, right? I'm like, oh, you didn't say that, you didn't say that, you didn't say that, oh, you need to say this. 
there's so there's so much to be <laughs> so much to be said guys right there's so much to be said and um I'm just going to tell myself this right now Andrea you're not going to be able to say every single thing that you want or think you need to say on steps five six and seven in this podcast episode but guess what you do a podcast every week and hopefully you're going to keep doing the this podcast every week and so there's plenty of time to say all that you need to say, Andrea. Um, okay, so let's get a show on the road. I'm still going, baby. Haven't re-recorded. Haven't stopped. <laughs> um, uh, but first, please damn the join Patreon. So that is where I host three weekly Zoom support groups. It's where you get to meet a bunch of rad people. It's where you get to say, hey, thanks, Andrea. I love what you're doing. Um, and I also want to say that um, I'm going to be adding new groups. So my plan is that within the next few months that there will be a, a support group at least one one a day, every day, seven days a week. So stay tuned for that. Um, but yeah, go head on over to adult... Uh, no, can't, can't go back and correct this here. Uh, go see in the show notes patreon.com slash adult child and join that shit now you can also go follow me on instagram and tiktok at adult child pod i'd really appreciate the instagram followers in particular um and give me a damn five star rating on apple and spotify thank you all so damn much The truth of the matter, my dear shit shows, is that there is a huge overlap in those of us who grew up in a dysfunctional family and those of us who are suffering from ADHD. I myself got diagnosed with ADHD about a year ago, and getting this diagnosis and treating this diagnosis has made such a difference in my productivity and getting shit done. Now, let me tell you about Done. Done is an online ADHD care platform where you can get all the resources you need to help manage your ADHD. Take a free one-minute assessment and book an appointment with a licensed ADHD clinician as soon as the next day. Get continuous care, one-click refills, insurance coverage, and 24-7 care team support with Done for just $79 a month and pharmacy copays as low as $0. Visit get.donefirst.com slash podcast to learn more. Again, that is get.donefirst.com slash podcast. Done. Turn ADHD into your strength. All right, y'all. So before we dive into five, six, and seven, let's just do a quick little recap on how the hell we got here. So step one. We admitted we were powerless over the effects of alcoholism or other family dysfunction and that our lives had become unmanageable, aka my childhood screwed me up, it is negatively impacting my life as an adult, and I cannot fix this shit on my own. I've tried and it hasn't worked. Um, Step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity, aka change is possible. We are worthy of not being imprisoned by the faulty programming of our childhood, 
We are worthy actually of living a happy and healthy life. And we can have that happy and healthy life if we seek help. This help, as I like to reiterate, comes in many, many forms. So it's not just a higher power, although that is one big form of help, um, but it also comes through therapy, support groups, 12-step programs, this podcast. You know, there are many, many vessels for which healing can occur. The other thing I want to say too is as I use God throughout this podcast episode, please know that plop in whatever word you want to there. So whether that is higher power or universe or higher self or true self or um, my cat Kiki, <laughs> whatever it is, it is power of uh, power greater than yourself of your understanding. Get it? Okay. So step three is we made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understand God, aka we made a decision to start taking action rooted in this belief that healing is possible. Now we are going to start taking that action in step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. So this is where we're getting it all out, guys. We're getting it all out on a piece of paper, on several pieces of paper. So I talked about in the step four episode, the difference between I should say my experience, the difference in my, in my experience of step four in AA versus ACA. So in AA, you've got three lists that you're doing um, in a four step. So you're looking at your resentments, you're looking at your fears, and you are looking at your sexual misconduct. And the purpose of doing these three lists is to identify common character defects that are showing up. So looking at our resentments, our fears, our sexual misconduct, and kind of looking at what is our part in this and what are the common character defects that we seem to struggle with. And so in an ACA fourth step, we're not just solely looking at our behavior, our fears. We're also looking at the behavior and the misconduct of our parents, of our caregivers, because this is such crucial information for us, right? We need to look at the causes and conditions that made us the way that we are. And solely just looking at our behavior often doesn't result in us being able to change that behavior, right? Because if that were the case, well, I wouldn't date um, there wouldn't have been two Brian's alcoholics named Brian. Okay. <laughs> and so we have to look at what, what is it within me that, uh, that made me want to date true two alcoholics named Brian that were emotionally unavailable and made me feel like a crazy person. Um, well, maybe my childhood. The other difference I want to call out is you know, when I initially did my a four step, or I guess the big difference that I saw in, in doing the two is that you know, I no longer viewed them as as character defects and actually as survival mechanisms, right? And trauma responses. And so now we have arrived at steps five, six, and seven. And so in summary, I think that these are in a way a repeat of steps one, two, and three, but on a deeper level. So step five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. So 
This is very similar to step one, but on a deeper level. So through the exercises in step four, and by sharing this with another person, and the insight and clarity that comes from from this, it is seeing the powerlessness over the effects of alcoholism and the unmanageability on our lives on a much deeper and more vulnerable level. And so step six is we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. So very similar to step two in the sense that we are acknowledging that change is possible. So we are acknowledging that what we have just discovered about ourselves through the process, the fourth and fifth step, that it's possible to change if we seek help. And then step seven is humbly ask God to remove our shortcomings. And so this is similar to step three in the sense that, you know, we are making a decision to start taking action rooted in this belief that change is possible, that it is possible to change what we've discovered about ourselves. So step five, let's dive into step five some more. So admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. If I could reword this step, I would have it say, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being, what happened to us and the exact nature of our wrongs. Because we're sharing much more than how we've fucked up. We're sharing about, you know, what happened to us as well, uh, which is also often the reason why we fucked up. Um, and so basically, we're just reading our entire four step with somebody else. And so it's recommended that it is a sponsor or a fellow traveler or, you know, your therapist. It really needs to be somebody that's familiar with the 12 steps. In the Big Red Book, it, it even specifically says if you have to explain to the person what a fifth step is, you're asking the wrong person. <laughs> so it needs to be somebody who's familiar and it needs to be somebody too who can be, you know, objective, who isn't involved in your shit. So don't ask a family member is basically what I'm trying to say. Don't ask a family member and don't ask your significant other. And so what's so powerful about this step and and equally as scary is that we are breaking the dysfunctional family rules by taking a fifth step. So we are confronting head on the don't talk, the don't trust, and the don't feel rules. So it says in the Big Red Book, by working step five, we are challenging the three main rules entrenched in our souls as a result of growing up in a dysfunctional home. Don't talk, don't trust, don't feel. We know that breaking dysfunctional family rules does not come easy for adult children. These rules are similar to the survival traits we use to live through our childhoods. We learn to trust these rules and use them in our daily lives. However, the rules have outlived their usefulness. They are strangling our lives and our relationships. We have to find another way to live with feelings, trust, and voice. For some ACAs, the fifth step will be the first time they have told anyone some of their most troublesome memories of abuse. We know the courage this will take to move forward with step five. We know you will be letting someone into compartments of your mind that you may have thought would remain tightly shut forever. But these are the very secrets and problematic memories that need letting out. 
In step five, we finally get to talk about what matters rather than denying or filtering what happened. We talk about what happened and we trust another person to hear us without judgment. We feel the feelings that come up with the help of our ACA support group and a sponsor or counselor. And so this is really scary, right? We are sharing things that many of us plan to take to the grave. It's, it's scary, but it's, you know, it's equally as freeing. It also is an opportunity for us to, um, to realize that we're not the only ones. So anytime I've done a fourth step, my sponsor, when I'm sharing that stuff that I don't want to share about, that I feel like her opinion on me is going to change if I share this about her every single time, it's, yeah, me too. I did that too. Or I did something similar. And so we realize we're not the only one. We realize that we aren't bad people, that we're just a product of of our upbringings. And the other reason that we share this with another person is so that they can help us uh, get some clarity and perspective on everything that we're sharing. So helping us to see our part in things, but making sure that we're not unnecessarily beating the shit out of ourselves, while also making sure that we're not being too lenient. During this process of doing a fifth step, you know, we're really finally seeing what's under the hood. You know, we are seeing ourselves more clearly. We are seeing what happened to us more clearly. We get to see how some of the stories we've told ourselves our entire lives aren't necessarily true or how some of the stories we've told ourselves about ourselves aren't necessarily true. We get to see, oh, that's why I do that because that happened to me or X, Y, and Z happened to me. And so what happens, and so what kind of like the deliverable from a step five that we carry with us into step six and seven is what I have named and called myself is a, is a blueprint to healing. I'll expand. Um, but so I do it a little bit differently than what is in, um, in the big red book or in the step book. So there is an appendix in the big red book. And I also believe it's in the ACA step book as well. And it is about instructions or, you know, guidance and how to hear a fifth step. The person who's hearing the fifth step before they start um, they, they take a piece of paper out and the top of it, they're supposed to write six step list. And it says on one side of the paper, write assets. And on one side of the paper, write defects of character or ineffectual behaviors. So I like to word it a little bit different. So instead of defects of character or ineffectual behaviors, I write what is blocking me from having a healthy relationship with myself, others, and my higher power? And so that's where defects, laundry list traits, and fears would be. And so I'm listening. If I'm if I'm doing it at this step, I'm looking for just, you know, what are the common patterns? What am I seeing throughout that is blocking this individual from having a healthy relationship with themselves, with others, and their higher power? And then on the other side, I write what is aiding me in having a healthy relationship with myself, others, and my higher power. And so as I'm listening to them share their fifth step, I'm listening for character strengths and assets that they possess that is helping them to have a healthy relationship with with themselves, 
others and their higher power. And so this is what I have deemed as the blueprint to healing because we're seeing what needs to be addressed, you know, like what do we need to look at? What needs improvement? But then at the other side, we have these assets, we have these strengths, which can be used to help us address the things that need to be changed. Okay, so once we have completed our fifth step, there is a fifth step prayer that we can say, which is, Divine Creator, thank you for this chance to speak honestly with another person about the events of my life. Help me accept responsibility for my actions. Let me show compassion for myself and my family as I revisit my thinking and actions that have blocked me from your love. Restore my child within, restore my feelings, restore my trust in myself. Amen. And so then we are advised to return home. We're going to go home with our fourth step. We're going to go home with our our defects or our, our blueprint of healing um, and have some quiet time. So for some of you with kids, maybe home is not that place, <laughs> but somewhere where you can have some quiet time, where you can reflect upon what has just occurred, what you've just learned about yourself, and we're advised to immediately take steps six and seven. So basically what I'm telling you is that you're just going to reflect and then um, you're going to say the seven step prayer and then you're going to wake up the next morning and then all your defects of character are just going to be gone and you're going to be good as gold and, and ready to go. If only it were that easy. So step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all our defects of character. So what do we mean by entirely ready? Well, that typically means that we experience discomfort or we experience pain, or sometimes that means we experience excruciating amounts of pain, right? Uh, Through great pain comes great change. So For some of our defects of character, you know, all it might take is just having the awareness. That might be enough for us to be ready to change, to be ready to have this removed from us. For some other things, as we continue to work our programs, as we continue to, you know, continue our healing journey, we will gradually change and we will gradually release those behaviors. And then for some other things, well, it requires experiencing excruciating amounts of pain and hitting a bottom with them. That is just the way that it goes. (laughs) So I want to talk a little bit about the difference between character defects and our laundry list traits. So what it talks about in the Big Red Book is about how the differentiation, the differentiation, the difference between the two is that adult children readily identify with the laundry list traits. So these would be our survival traits, whereas they're not so thrilled about the character defect stuff, right? Uh, we will willingly admit, admit that we're people pleasers, but we'd rather not admit that we are judgmental or dishonest. But for me, the two just go hand in hand. And so that's why, and and the same goes with fear. And that's why I think it's important in my blueprint to healing. God, this is really fucking corny. (laughs) 
<laughs> we, um, you know, in, in that what is blocking me from having a healthy relationship with myself and others and my higher power, it's, you know, I'm not just listing character defects. We have the survival traits, the laundry list traits. We have our fears and we have our character defects because it's all intertwined to me, right? Like I think, and it, and there's a, there's a graphic actually in the big red book and in the step book where it shows it's a tree and it's like the branches are the laundry list traits and then the fruit of the tree is the character defects. Um, I don't know, rotten fruit, I guess. Um, but that's how I see it. I see our character defects as a manifestation of of our, our laundry list traits or a, a manifestation of our fears. So, you know, my low sense of self, my low self-esteem causes me to be judgmental. It causes me to act superior. It can cause me to be envious. My desire for connection, you know, will cause me to gossip. My fear of abandonment will cause me to be dishonest. My fear of abandonment will cause me to be a shitty employee because I got to leave work to go pull my boyfriend out of a bar. Uh, my fear of success or failure will cause me to procrastinate or to be a perfectionist. Uh, stuffing my feelings will cause me to eventually lash out at someone. So I don't think we can really separate them out. I think it's all intertwined and, and all the work goes together. And it's also really important too to acknowledge the role that trauma is playing in all of this. And often when we are acting rooted in our character defects, it's a trauma response. I wasn't being a shitty employee by going to pull my boyfriend out of a bar in the middle of the day just because I wanted to. I was in a trauma response. I was living in a trauma response. And so we have these trauma responses and we react. And we don't really have that much control over it. You know, that is until we seek help. But a lot of these things are just automatic reactions. Like it's in our brain. We have to process the trauma. We have to learn what our triggers are, what sends us into an emotional flashback, and what are the coping skills that we need to learn in order to cope when we're having emotional flashbacks so we don't react in, rooted in our character defects. That's kind of my only caveat with what the Big Red Book has for step, step six and seven. I wish it talked a little bit more about how the our character defects are our trauma responses because for me having that realization helps me to realize that I'm not a shitty person and that I am I'm having a trauma response there's something going on in my brain that I can't really control that's not to make an excuse that we're excusing our behavior Obviously, we need to take the steps needed in order to heal, but it's not because we're a bad person. It's because we're an adult child and that we grew up in a dysfunctional family. And so this all just takes a lot of time to work through. 
right? It's like what that woman said to me when uh, she said, Andrea, this is, this is going to be your life's work. And I did not want to hear that answer, but she was right. And so we reflected upon our defects, our survival traits, and now we are going to say the seventh step prayer. So there's a few different prayers in here. I'm not going to, I'm just going to read this main one. So it says, God, I am now ready that you should remove from me all my defects of character, which block me from accepting your divine love and living with true humility towards others. Renew my strength so I might help myself and others along the path of recovery. So then it has a prayer for, you're supposed to have a separate prayer for each individual defect. This is going to be an ongoing process. This is a process of us taking action as well as asking our higher power to remove this and seeking spiritual guidance. But it's not always on our timeline, unfortunately, and that is where the humility really comes into play, that we need to have the humility that our healing might not happen as fast as we'd like it to. We can't beat ourselves up if we seem to be unable to get rid of a certain behavior. What I think is useful if we continue to do the same destructive you know, behavior or we keep having the same character defect pop up, What's helpful for me instead of beating myself up for the behavior is to ask myself, what's the payoff here? Because there is always some sort of payoff when we are engaging in destructive behavior. Now, the payoff might not be in reality, uh, but there's some sort of a payoff. So is it reinforcing a faulty belief about myself? Am I acting this way because it reinforces my belief that I am unworthy of love? Or is this an attempt for me to recreate my childhood? Is this giving me the false illusion of control? Or is this behavior a form of avoidance? So is this helping me to avoid feeling a certain feeling? Um, Is this helping me to avoid acknowledging something about myself? If we find ourselves acting in a particular behavior that we find to be detrimental to ourselves, but we keep doing it, we need to ask ourselves, what's the payoff? Because there is one. And so there might be certain behaviors or defects or relationships that we are not entirely ready to have removed from us, even if we know we should be entirely ready to have these removed. You know, consciously, we know that subconsciously, it's a different story. And that can be a really tough place to be in. So I was talking to a friend, a fellow shit show a few days ago, and she is in a horrible relationship. Like this guy sucks. I wish I could beat him up. It's an extremely toxic relationship. And she's fully aware of that. She's fully aware that this is toxic, that this isn't going anywhere, that that this is negatively impacting all aspects of her life. And yet she's not willing to walk away. And she was talking about the shame of that. And boy, do I relate so, so much knowing that I was in these toxic relationships that was literally destroying me and my life. And yet I wasn't willing to do anything about it. Being able to see that is such a painful place to be. And so the the principle behind step six is willingness. So we may not be willing yet to have 
these behaviors, these defects removed from us. But as long as we continue to recover and heal, as long as we stay willing to that, we eventually will one day be willing to do what we need to do. And so we don't need to beat the shit out of ourselves while we're getting ready. And so I've been thinking a lot lately about the concept of letting go of something completely. So this past weekend, I was with a friend and she was sharing about how her she's been struggling with body image issues and like food and, and diet and exercise stuff. And she said she was really beating herself up because she said, you know, I thought that I had worked past this. I thought I had let this go. But here it is again. Like, it's so trivial. Like, why can't I just let this go? And it just reminded me of a conversation that I had with my therapist about how some things are just always going to be there. Some things are going to be a part of us. We're going to have certain themes throughout our lives that are going to pop up from time to time. And it's unrealistic to think for some of these things that we're going to get to a place where we're going to completely let it go. Like take my friend, for example, she's had body image struggles her entire life. And the thought that she's going to be able to erase that completely is kind of unrealistic. And so the discussion shifts from how do I let this go to how do I cope with this or How do I let this go just right now in this moment, realizing that it's okay if it pops up again, you know, and and when it pops up again, not going, oh my God, what the fuck is wrong with me? I thought that I let this go, but rather, oh yeah, there's that thing again, and I am going to do X, Y, and Z to cope with it. So when it comes to certain things and trauma, we can do the work and we can heal, but It's probably not possible that we are never going to be triggered ever again, that our trauma is not going to get triggered ever again. It might be severely less and we have the tools to deal with it. It's sort of like attachment theory, like having an insecure attachment style. There's such a thing as earned secure attachment, but that doesn't mean that as an anxious anxious attacher, I can do all the I can do all the attachment recovery work in the world, but there's still going to be some times that my my attachment style is is going to be triggered. So it's shifting from what the hell's wrong with me? Why can't I make this go away? This is a part of me. I'm allowing space for that within me, and I am just going to learn how to cope with it. And so That's kind of what it means in the step six and seven in the ACA book. So it talks about how most people use, you know, the removal, they try to remove their character defects, whereas with the laundry list traits, they learn how to integrate them, you know, and so this is kind of with the understanding that we're not going to be able to get rid of this completely. So we have to learn how to work with it. So in closing, I want to read you this seven-step prayer that was written by Melody Beatty, and it is in the Codependent No More workbook. It's a little long, but I think it's beautiful. 
God, I am willing that you take all of me. I surrender myself to your care, body, mind, and soul, for however long I'm going to be here. I cannot change myself. I've tried for years and made a mess. Your love for me sees past that, and I thank you for that. I thank you for everything that's taken me from all the pain I've been in, the confusion, the lack of clarity, to this place where we're entering into an active partnership with you shaping me into who I am to become. I realize I don't have to fear that I'll disappear or lose myself. I understand that this is an act of love on your part to help me find myself and discover who I really am. I pray now that you may take all of me, good and bad, defects and strengths, and use me in your service. I humbly ask that you take my shortcomings and turn me into who you, in your omnipotence and wisdom, want me to be. I thank you in advance. I also understand that at times, this process may not be easy. I do ask for a favor. Sometimes I don't understand things. Please be as gentle as possible with me and show me what I am to do in a way that I understand. Let me feel your loving touch and be assured of your guidance. Turn me into a warrior and a loving person, someone whom you can use in your kingdom to help others heal and to fill your plan for me. I trust you to fill in all the details of how I can best learn what I'm to learn, change what I'm to change, and be of the greatest service to you and others. I thank you for all you've done for me up until now. I thank you in advance for what's coming. Take self-will and fear from me. Take financial insecurity and fear that I cannot take care of myself. Help me to see myself a little bit at least the way you see me. Keep me on track. Let my will be aligned with yours and remove anything that stands between them. As much as I can, help me let go of my need to control and be in denial. Give me courage to face the truth. Reveal my purpose to me, why I'm here on earth, what you want me to do, and who you want me to be. More than anything, help me let go of desiring and wanting. Help me become an open channel of love. All the days of my life, help me to remember that I'm not here to acquire things and power, but to be of loving service. Well, that wraps up today's episode. Thanks, Andrea. That was great. Okay, so let me give you the summary. So I only re-recorded a portion of step seven, okay? And there's some other things I kind of would like to to record. There's a few things I think I left out that I'd like to add in, but I'm not doing it, okay? I'm not doing it. It's good enough, and it's 10.15, and I have two interviews tomorrow, and I do not need to be up until one in the morning overanalyzing, overthinking, uh, because that's what I do. Um, so I've got a bunch of, inter- I'm interviewing four people in the next seven days, and I'm really pumped for all of them. So stay tuned for some some goodies there. And um, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be seeing you next week for another amazing episode of Adult Child. It's going to be super awesome, super bumble, super excited for y'all to hear it. It's going to be a good day, I promise.